Let's get socially deconstructed. What's up? It's your girl Trina Dong, and today we are going to talk about people who say that music changes their life. Why do they say it changes their life? Do you know if music changes your life or not based on what you're going through in your life? I don't know. Me either. Um, so today we have the perfect, perfect guest, musician, singer, songwriter, performer, and my mental health companion is what <laughs> I'll call her for sure. Alana Carroll, aka Party Nails is here. Hello. Hello, Trina. I love you. Oh, it's true though. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, we're real friends. Real Perfect. mental health companionship. Official. We should Official, get insurance uh, for it. Yeah, we should get like a mental health companion rings or something. Yeah. That, like, click with magnets or something. Or like something free from the government. Or that. I mean, I would appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> at any point. Like money. <laughs> money for us every day yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um okay so if you guys haven't heard any party nail songs all of her music will be linked in the description you're gonna love it she's amazing but you know what's more amazing being able to go on tour again very true i mean i don't know if, yeah i can't speak for for <laughs> <laughs> Getting here, rephrase, rephrase, getting to potentially be able to go on tour again and having tickets to your upcoming tour that will hopefully happen soon. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a tour that we've been, that we, meaning me and myself and small <laughs> team that I have, we've been scooching since the top of, or I guess since the end of 2019, honestly, which is insane oh. about, Yeah. So yeah, now it's 2021 and we're going to be hitting the road in November. And yeah, I'm super happy. Crane, who plays drums with me on tour, is super happy. And we're just kind of putting all the pieces together. And yeah, I, I love making records and I love writing music, but being on stage and whatever happens with your fans and with new people and with the other musicians on the stage is just like, it's it's its own situation for sure being friends with someone that like gets on stage and they like change into a completely different human being and you're like what is going on <laughs> is one of the most interesting experiences <laughs> really what yeah the, you feel like i become like am i like a like a werewolf yeah kind of? you go on stage and yours is like a show 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 and that is something that i really really love about a your style of music because i feel like the musicians within your style of music always put on a good show like that and it's never boring yeah that's but awesome. what's that like to be like hannah montana about life what's that like <laughs> i mean i i think i'm still learning about what what exactly it is that i am aiming to do on stage like it took a lifetime to feel like i could perform at all like I always knew I didn't always but like I always for the most part like sang and played the guitar and performed my songs but there was like a year years long period of time when I just could, like I was like I'll never be able to be the performer that I want to be like I'll never mm -hmm. be able to 
let go of the fear and I'll never be able to um, be as uninhibited as I want to be is probably the most concise way to put it. And um, I don't really know what changed besides that, like, I, I think like over time, the process itself is just, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but being a performer is just constantly humiliating. Like you're constantly yeah. humiliating yourself. You're literally writing about your feelings, putting them to music and just being a clown over and over and over again and yeah. people criticize you. And then eventually you get good at it and people start paying attention instead of telling you what you could be doing better. Yeah. And so at some point in that, in that montage <laughs> humiliation over, you just start to be like, you know what, this is how I do it. Yeah. And I'm going to do that. And it ends up sort of being related to all these things that like seriously inspired you. Like Carido, huge inspiration, Tina Turner, huge inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just some singers who just do it, you know, I, I just really wanted to, I think for me, I, I always knew that the thing that I could do best was to disappear into the music and the feelings. And I wanted to start expanding that into my body and not just my voice. Yeah. And that's the cool part about when you attend a live performance and the performer behind the music that you like is like that. Because yeah. it's kind of like you are, you're looking in a mirror about how you feel about that song, whether it's just like the beat, the lyric, the vocal, whatever it is. And they're kind of mirroring back like, oh, you feel that way too. And that's where the cool connection is, I think. Yeah, I agree. Not that Adele is not amazing to just sit and stare at or Sam Smith and just sit and stare at and like listen to that voice. But there's something about the connection that you get with the music when it's like that. Yeah. So that leads to what we're talking about today and mental health and how people find healing through music and really important super super duper important <laughs> so let's talk about uh codependency specifically real quick because i found a codependency playlist on spotify Interesting. And there's a playlist for everything. You can type in like, like going potty. Yeah, there's kids ones. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I actually know a lot about kids radio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I was like, what the? What could that possibly be? Why did someone make this list? And it was just a bunch of empowerment songs. There was a lot of like Ariana on there. There was a lot of like there was that KT Tunstall song on there big black horse in a cherry tree oh, yeah, yeah yeah and just songs that make you go yeah yeah dancing and it. sorry to keep what it. you are a dancing queen. yes actually okay that makes me happy and so just songs that make you remember that you are a whole human person that has power over everything that's going on yeah and i never related those two things before and i also never related how much all of the music that i listen to definitely heals me on like a minute by minute basis throughout the day <laughs> do you it's true yeah i can give you the playlist if you want <laughs> um for you do you find yourself obviously you listen to certain music in certain moods but do you listen to music like 
you wake up and you're like, I have to listen to this because I feel like this and I know this will help me? Or do you listen to it based on I am in a crap mood versus uh, today's the best day of my life? Or do you like leave the music on shuffle and let it roll? Wow, that's a good question. Thanks. Well, I mean, first of all, I know what kind of music you listen to and it's all very, it's, I always want to describe your taste as wholesome <laughs> and then I realize that's really not true. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. It like definitely reflects a lot of your values and sort of the feelings that you want to have in a day, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I don't think that's necessarily true for everybody. I think, I think a lot of people actually listen to music because of what they think it's being, what it's giving to them. I, well, first of all, I do think people listen to music for its healing powers and I will definitely answer that question about myself. But mm -hmm. I also think that like, there's a lot of marketing in music, especially now there's all these sub markets and I'm not mad about that, but it, but it leaves room for someone to listen because they want to be a certain type of person rather yeah. than they are a certain type of person and they feel validated, you know, which is sort of like, where's the beginning and end of that process? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I guess I just wanted to say that because sometimes it's hard to like parse the the intention and the actual meaning for people, um, mm -hmm. whether it's the artist or the listener. But yeah, I, I, I love, I love being able to just depend on a song, especially like the songwriting of a song, which is why I'm obsessed with like great sing-along dance, like feel-good songs, like, like Dancing Queen or Dancing on My Own or, um, um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, like just these mm -hmm. songs that like you can continuously come back to, like most of the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. And every time they're fun. Free Britney, by the way. <laughs> Free Britney. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Free her now. I mean. And let her take her IUD out, you animals. She's, I mean. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. We are, we're on Britney's side from, from forever ago, but truly like, what the hell, everybody? Guys, free Margaret her ass. Atwood, Margaret Atwood, it. The writer of Handmaid's Tale is just, mm -hmm. uh-huh, yeah, this is why I wrote a book in 1984 <laughs> you about how much people hate women. Um, including anyway. Women. Anyway. Sorry. Um, um, back to back to your boys, Brittany. Rarely am I going and typing in a vibe and, like, hoping that the right music will come. I don't trust the playlist because they've never done me well. I will say, though, that I will look for, like, genres. Like yeah. the genre that I end up looking for the most is actually like house and techno because I don't know specific albums necessarily. There are specific albums in those genres that I'll go to, mm -hmm. but like it's, it's a really diverse, um, as far as like the timeline of that genre, like, you know, there've been great records in those genres since like the eighties. So right. I've never heard of, and then there's a lot of new people making stuff. So I'm excited to discover that kind of a thing for sure as a musician and a writer when you're writing your music it's obviously very therapeutic for you yes yeah I don't even think about that anymore like how much it contributes to yeah. my everyday but for when I was a teenager I remember thinking like when I was really getting into songwriting I remember you know the drama of being a teen just being like I couldn't live without <laughs> my guitar and like more than once like like because I had insomnia, because I had crippling anxiety, definitely 
tried to like have the guitar in my bed as a way to like help me fall asleep it didn't work but you know tried that's a whole thing that's a different episode (laughs) that's a different episode but no that's a really good point because you're like i don't even think about that anymore and it's because you're so person like that's your thing you are personally trained as alana to listen to music and to make music that is like getting some things off your chest yeah do you think about how while you're writing do you think about how your words could possibly be therapy to other people or do you end up hearing that afterward instead of worrying about that during the process it's kind of like both at the same time which is one of my favorite parts of music as a medium is that it's time suspended like even when you're finished even when your product is finished when your song is finished you're you get to live in this time again and again and again and yes in real life time is passing but the medium of song is time suspended you know you get to just exist in this one little story and float in it it's not like you're turning pages in a book or you know you're watching an image pass you by like you really are just like enveloped in this moment Mm -hmm. so similar to the experience of hearing a song or just experiencing a song for me writing it is similar in that way it's it's um i'm basically always like trying to figure out what exactly my experience as Alana can contribute to my desire to tell a story that I know isn't just my story. And like getting to that point where I know implicitly that it's not just my story, you know, that that's really the craft I think is Mm -hmm. that's what you have to practice and learn and trust. And it's not always easy. Like every single whenever I'm trying a new topic or a new type of melody or there's new things happening in my life or in the world, like it's a new thing all over again. Um, And any like, you know, novelist or writer will tell you like every book, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, like, like every song to a degree is that way. And the only, the only track record you have is just like, you know that you've done it before so <laughs> kind of exactly like, fingers crossed that it's gonna work yeah and there's something cool about that like i i don't know if i you know would have if somebody had told me like you're gonna have to start from the beginning every time when i you know when i was a kid they're like that's what your love of your life is gonna be i might have been like that sounds really hard and kind of mm-hmm. annoying and a little bit reckless but I, it's it is but it's also just like well what else is there you know i i really appreciate storytellers and people who are able to sort of filter our now into pieces that we can have and live with hopefully for you know multiple generations yeah cool oh my gosh one thing you said before when we were talking about um the reasons why people listen to music and them and a lot of them having to do with healing is when you said uh, that people listen to the type of life that they like, they wish they had kind of like they're watching a fairy tale, right? It's like watching a movie. Yeah. Like, Oh, I listen to this because I want to be this, even if it's so far fetched or even if it's a bad thing that you want to be like that at the moment. Totally. I think that that the, the, when it's sort of not really that admirable, um, 
that's when I, that's kind of what I was referring to because I, because I, I don't think it's bad to, you know, want to listen to something because that's what you wish you could have or because you need a little bit of that or whatever. Like I've had um, team the Lord song stuck in my head since I heard it in the grocery store like three weeks ago. So fun. Oh, I thought you were going to say since like 2016 or whatever it came out. <laughs> well, it's like, well, Anne Royals is kind of like this too. Like it's, yeah. she's basic. I, I'm a fan, but not like the biggest fan or anything. So I'm not like, you know, just trying to talk about Lord. It's kind of neutral. Um, the perspective that she brought as a songwriter was like, we're not, the greatest and we're not on top but like we're good and we're good to each other and and we're gonna do something great and so so in that it's kind of more like present tense aspirational (laughs) rather than like um you know like i'm on top of the world i'm blah 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 and people being like i want to be like her or i want to be like him or them you know like just a different perspective so yeah i i I think it's all legitimate. I really mm-hmm. do. I, I think that um, the power, one thing I learned in music school too, is like the power of music isn't just in the stories lyrically. There's a lot of storytelling just between the notes and between the chords and in rhythms and all of that stuff. And you don't necessarily need to have an education in in sort of the definitions of all of that stuff in order for it to affect you the same way that yeah. it affects anybody else, you know, just kind of mind blowing this it's so weird to think about that that like notes make you feel a certain way it's like um like writing a score for a movie you also do music for movies and we work together we have (laughs) but like that's crazy that the you know we i watch a lot of really bad thrillers and the music is what keeps me moving along yeah without the music in a thriller it's the tackiest funniest right like, you know which is great no shade that's awesome but then <laughs> but... the music you're like terrified or right now i'm working at a synth company you can see it behind me but mm-hmm. i know you can't hear it on the podcast but um sometimes when i'm testing this one um distortion plugin mm-hmm. that we have i actually get scared and i have to like take off one of my headphones and i have to like look around and like because like i can just the type of sounds that are happening it scares me mm-hmm. even though like, the wall is right up against my butt it's really funny like i know that i'm the person doing it and i'm still <laughs> <laughs> i this happened to me last night at like 9 p.m i put youtube on and i've recently given up my youtube premium subscription so i have to watch commercials now (laughs) and i was watching i had my phone like on my side and i was just like had my eyes closed hoping that i would just fall asleep which i didn't and then the first note of this commercial it was a fast food commercial it scared the hell out of me just the note i was like (gasps) and i had forgotten everything i was doing i forgot where it could have possibly come from and it took me into this like different world it felt like when like i have an anxiety attack like it took me to that very like and i was fine i was literally fine i was just laying there and then yeah i'm just chilling actually having a normal moment and then boom that noise was a real trigger i wonder if it was a similar note to something that you'd heard before but it doesn't even like whatever it was like it happened right yeah and it's so powerful and amazing i think i think the part that feels so magical though about sound and music is that we can't see it so 
and we can't see what's happening neurologically. Yeah. So yeah. it does feel so magical, but um, this is so nerdy, but, but luckily within the last 10 or 15 years, neuroscience <laughs> has reached a point where we can like get brain scans and all yeah. of that. And um, yeah, like you, so you can see it now, you know, and we all do react to like a certain speed of a kick drum in a very similar way and certain intervals in very similar ways. And it is cultural, you know, right now we live in a global society. So there's not a whole lot of um, like we all kind of feel the same way about the same things mm -hmm. that's not to say that you know there aren't true traditional musics and true like other types of music that we don't all hear you know there's definitely regions that we don't know about uh, here and vice versa but um but yeah for the most part like fast music makes us excited slow music makes us feel calm and it's not really like a prescribed feeling and that's mm -hmm. kind of um anyway oh also cool because we have four fingers that's why we like like four like we like divisions of four in our music that's not true in every type of music but the most common music that we hear has a division of four because of our hands but don't you generally like the majority of the people have five fingers you're right but the thumb is basically just plus one it's opposable. It's opposable. So, so you like, hide it. like if you saw but the four, other ones are too. If you saw four eggs, you would see four eggs. But if you saw five eggs, you would see four eggs plus one egg. So four is a symbol to us. It's not just counting. But that's taught, right? I don't know, but it's taught like so long ago that like <laughs> yeah, some everybody taught everyone from the whenevers. Yeah. So like now when we hear dance music, we're just like, wow, this feels like guttural right because right let's talk about wanting to listen to sad music when you're sad oh, God. and that okay so when i was in college if i had i've said codependency multiple times that was the original topic of this thing but i really didn't want to have a total hour of codependency talk but um stuff about the number four and like i want i'd rather talk about the number four than codependency honestly but <laughs> <laughs> we both have a strong understanding of what codependency means to each of us and whenever i had a run-in at a young age like in my late teens early 20s with a codependent relationship that i was currently nursing if there was an issue i would always play elton john like a specific song a sad my sad elton john playlist that was on my computer and like my college roommates would know if like something <laughs> happened with someone because like some sad elton john music would be on oh i wish i knew you in college yeah i don't listen to sad i mean i still listen to elton john music but not specifically because of sadness anymore i'm kind of glad that got kicked but what do you think about that do you think that does that help you when you're sad to listen to sad things Oh God, yeah. I it does my go to for like the last five years is this um, live version of Dancing on My Own that Robin does with mm. just a piano, and I actually think it's hit, like it's down a whole step or something. So it's a little bit lower than the record, like her radio version. And every single time I play it, I start crying. It is just like incredibly sad and inc like 
Yes, absolutely. I, there's something about being able to, again, like just being able to sit in that sadness and being able to let out the feelings that feel so good. And it just, I mean, it's, to me, it's just like what, that's the experience of PMS for me. Like I certainly have clumsy PMS and I certainly have a little bit of anger in PMS, but like the most consistent thing is just this like one for like 20 minutes, one day, I just realize how sad the world is <laughs> sadness that everybody's carrying all the time and that we're all really heartbroken and so alone and I just like feel the sadness of the world and then that song is like yes and I'm just like ah! <laughs> oh boy what a question to ask you well now I understand that makes sense that's a also it also makes sense because of that it's in the lower key and that yeah. it makes you feel like dreary so yeah. let's just quickly talk about people that are against certain types of music because of the content. So whether it be like violent content or um, aggressive words or whatever it may be, what do you think of that? Because if we go by the theory that we were just talking about, right, when you're sad, listen to something sad, and then somehow serotonin will find you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but what about that way like if you're angry do we believe that like who can I even I don't know that much angry music yeah but let's say we listen to my chemical romance are they angry no yeah, they're, they're not angry I yeah I mean that's kind of I feel like the fact that you that there's a question another question that's needed to sort of ask the right question says mm -hmm. a lot right like I think there's some people just are offended by things and then other people the things that they're offended by may or may not actually be contributing negatively to people's lives and I think that's like if you look at like um when I'm not, I'm not, Na, 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 na. Who's that? Nope. Oh my god. No, literally the biggest <laughs> rapper like two years ago. Nope. Rockstar. Okay, we have to cut this part out. I can't believe you don't know who that is. Aren't you talking about Post Malone? Yes. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Post Malone. <laughs> Post Malone. There a mom somewhere is like, gosh, like this blah blah blah. But like, how many people are actually, like what is the actual data of like Post Malone listeners and bad behavior? I don't, yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I don't, but that's actually the answer. And same thing with like, like if you we go way back in time to like rock music and then like the advent of like dance and hip hop music, it's like some people were really offended that queer people were having dance parties. But I don't think anybody got hurt besides the people who were the queer people getting hurt by the people who were angry about it, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was at NDA concerts? Yes. But was it maybe started by the cops? Probably. Because the cops have, have a history. You know, that's why they wrote these songs. You know, so right. it's like, I do think it's important to actually think about the context of, like, the music in the socioeconomic space that it's living in right mm -hmm. 
I actually wrote my undergrad thesis on this. No big deal. But Here she go. <laughs> the point is, is that like we, when we're just listening, the music really is just for us. Yeah. I think that most artists intend for it to be that way. And the, and music can be a communal experience in the sense that like, yes, we can like sing a song together in the car and like we can jam together and we can do drum circles and all that stuff. But as soon as it's shared in a, like a capitalist society, then there's all of this other meaning that comes yeah. into play. And like, we can't just pretend that that's not part of it. So like, yeah, if somebody does something like face nectar, yeah, I don't feel that excited to listen to his music anymore because it's not doing something positive for the world that it lives in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's so right. Because we can also talk about like, what did you say? That I'm running for president um, and you can vote for me today. <laughs> yeah, at Party Party Nails on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of like video games, right? How people don't let their kids play with video games that have guns because it encourages behavior. And which, you know, it, it, it probably does. But also there's the whole other part of life that is like the people you're surrounded by, the actual situations that you're in and things like that. And so, you know, when people you're talking about NWA, when they're writing lyrics to songs, that's from personal experience. And so they're getting their personal experiences off their chest. And that is for people that can relate to it to relate to it. Other people that can't relate to it for the beat and you know that's what it's for it's not for do this because this is happening right right but and then somebody listening to that and being like oh my goodness like <laughs> sorry i'm trying <laughs> to be like the mom in like the 80s in the suburbs oh my goodness <laughs> yeah it's it's mm. no it's just like to kind of miss the point and be like this is promoting violence like i don't think that telling a story is necessarily promoting a certain lifestyle yeah. you know but there but i do think that 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 stories can and have been exploited right yeah for sure any and or for whatever reason or even just the reason to try to flip it back on itself like like what happened with nwa right yeah this idea like oh like they are creating these problems at their shows and it's like well are they yeah and they do all of these things so there's proof that they do this this and this so they'll probably do this it's like well no that's not facts right now we're talking about your assumption towards a type of a group of a type of people exactly and to like i i mean race and police and race relations and cops are super relevant right now and super important to talk about all of the time but also to add to the conversation just if we're keeping it about music you can talk about gender and you can talk about the ways like we were talking about Brittany before, like that, that wouldn't have happened. Her story would be so different if she, A, wasn't poor when she started and B, was not a woman and wasn't mm -hmm. an insanely gorgeous woman, right? Like if she wasn't, if she wasn't the person that she is, her, the context and her experiences would have been so much more different. But basically nobody ever believed anything that came out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. And she had no support at, to be the person that she ultimately became. So like, it was just like the blind leading the blind. And yeah. Yeah, of course, some person is taking advantage of her people.
person there's like literally millions of people making millions of dollars so this is a question i've been waiting to ask you and i've never asked you this in real life and i don't know how because i'm obsessed with fandoms they really fandoms are so so interesting to me because they're also different they they evolve with the fans themselves and you have a really really incredible lovely group of nailers (laughs) yeah we haven't figured out what what we're called Uh, um the uh suggested snooperinos after (laughs) no see people are just going too far they take it too far it's like it's got to stay within the name or the concept you know i mean if they love it they love it and i'm looking here on the discord and they love it hon anyway nailers is my vote i'm trying to make it happen question mark if it will but has any have any fans approached you and said things like you know, thank you for your music because it helped me through this, or thank you because it saved me from this, or thank you uh, because I ju- it just makes me happy, or whatever it is. Do you get to have conversations like that with the nailers? <laughs> yeah, and it's so wild because it's like because for so long you create in a vacuum, and you, and you start to think that you're there's something wrong with you. Um, So then to finally, not finally, but like then to then eventually have this relationship that you've been, it's almost like what I imagine it would be like having kids. If you've been planning on having kids like your whole life, it's like, you're kind of like, Oh my gosh, like I've always known you, but like now I really know you and that's really cool. And yeah. And it really, really, really goes both ways. I think that before I started regularly touring and putting out music and having it be heard in any capacity, like beyond my county, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think I thought that it, that what it would feel like would be like going on stage and being like, hi, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you supporting me, but it doesn't feel like that. What it feels like is it feels like every show you've created a party you're hosting a party specifically about all of the topics discussed on your album and that it's a safe space to live and breathe all of those things, which is like bigger and better and more intense. And I'm better suited to that task. All of these things are so much greater than I ever thought they could be. You know, like it feels, I remember when I started meeting fans at the merch table on my first tour and I was like, I just like went into like, mama bear mode i was like if anybody with you come to me and i will talk to you know like <laughs> sort of like we're here for each other yeah do you want to that's one of my like i don't i really want to be able to be there in that way on a individual basis as much as possible which unfortunately just like isn't going to be possible forever you know mm-hmm. and that is really sad and i understand now some of the like the ways that bigger artists talk about that, if they have similar values with their fan bases, you know, they're like, and and, and the people that I know who have much bigger careers than I currently do, they say things like that. They'll be like, yeah, like luckily the people that have been with me since my very first tour, like I still see them at every show and I'm so grateful. Like, you know, those are the, the meet and greets. They're the first people at the door waiting the day before. And that's the thing is that like, the, there is a precedent 
for that relationship. People do understand it, you know, like the fans understand fandom probably more than Thomas does. So I'm just like learning from them. And, and I, I'm always surprised and it always makes my day when I hear how the role that Party Nails has played in their day or their year or whatever. We love you, Nailers. Snooperinos. <laughs> Nailers, we love you. I'm one of you. Part-time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I totally get it. We should join the Discord and... And just talk smack. <laughs> like, actually, yeah. let me tell you what party nails in quotes is really <laughs> like. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I would ask my moderators to kick you out because I actually... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're actually still a pretty small group on um discord but it is really fun i don't need to be there i'll ruin everything um (laughs) okay so the final question i want to know what you would like to socially deconstruct i kind of don't understand the assignment um (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh you guys i give these guests the assignment they respond to the email they say confirmed everybody's on the email like Jamie, my associate producer who couldn't be here today, is on the email. Everybody knows we're good and we'll be able to get the clip. And then this stuff happens. Well, like, does this, like, I'm going to give you an answer and you can tell me if it's a good answer. Any answers is good. Fear. Fear of making things. That's a, an incredible answer. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Can you expand? I get an A because I need an A. A. <laughs> Elana is one of those people that if you like you don't only give her an A you have to give her an actual gold star sticker for her to stick on her freaking refrigerator to let everybody know that she did good job today not about other people knowing it's about me knowing when I go to sleep at night (laughs) you did it it in in a folder just for me (laughs) gold star job she uses pencils too that's another episode anyway this is currently the mechanical pencil. Mechanical. You have the ones that you gave me. I use them every day. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Fear of making things. Do you mean uh, creatively? Do you mean, like, making things happen? What do you mean? Both. Wow. Both. For sure. Um, yeah. And now that I'm thinking, like, that was a great question. I think, I think it kind of goes back to a sense of leadership, a sense of entitlement, a sense of somebody else might do it or I'm going to be wrong or whatever. Um, and yeah, like I, th- I, I know that when I haven't felt fearless, it's usually because I am not quite in control of myself and what I need. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's part of it. Um, but, but I've noticed that, um, I just, I, I mean, I want to be like, I just don't like it, you know, but I, I just wish people didn't suffer their whole lives from debilitating fear of contributing to the world, because I really think that we have, I think everybody has something wonderful to contribute, um, to their community, to their family, to the world doesn't always necessarily need to be creative, but I do think that everybody does possess some creative thing in them and that like part of the human experience is to make stuff and to share it with people and i think that's really why it does kind of irk me on a deep level 
uh, mm. when somebody is afraid so much of that. Yeah. No. No, I'm totally because I'm one of those people that gets in those moods. You say that because like I feel like you're one of like the reason that I was really drawn to you even before I knew you is because you were just fearless. Like I could just tell. <laughs> I was like, I want to know her. <laughs> but like, I'm going to do this. Trina rejected me. <laughs> this is literally the second time people are hearing this on that po- this podcast because Mapuana said that on her episode. Because you're, you're you do not want to. Be- <laughs> somebody until you want to which i love like a little bit more we i've said codependency 12 times in this podcast and that is why i have to be careful and unfortunately i block the wrong people out my therapist says (laughs) and i let like i block people like you and then i let terrible people in sometimes well you didn't block me no i let you eventually yeah like we were fine i could handle it i was like cool you're tough cookie yeah exactly and now we're here here but what i was saying was is those fears i always do them but that doesn't mean that i don't torture myself until like it's time to actually do it i was having a conversation with my friend mark a new friend mark who i actually have never met in person nice i've met the pandemic just like does that right i haven't met so many people that i'm close to in person now yeah have we Uh, met (laughs) we have but it doesn't feel like it it's true. It's, That's true. We've known yeah. each other for like six years and it does not feel like it. For sure. For sure. Um, so I was talking to him, you and I, meaning you and I, Alana, Belle, Carol and I, we have a project coming up that I have to travel for and that I have to put myself way out for, like further out than I've ever been. And I was talking to a friend about how nervous I am because I'm still in um, like a body transformation transition period and he was like trina you have to also be midway trina you can't fear what you are right now just because of what is coming so you have to be all of the versions of you until whenever you are a different one and then you'll be a different one and that like slapped me in the face and i was like whoa like i can like me now yeah yeah and, for sure and not just like this thing that is written in the future with a question mark that you're waiting for waiting to achieve waiting to like somebody be like now you have done it here's the photo of you at this weight yeah or i like snaps to that guy i love him you'll meet him he'll, yeah. he'll stop he'll stop by 100 percent. like you can be whatever you know and i think too that that's actually part of your power and part of what not just specifically you but also specifically you like i think we all are allowed to be shifting right 100 percent. specifically you it's like unfortunately or fortunately depending on what day it is like you really are capable of so many different things that like that's going to be like the best thing and the most annoying thing sometimes yeah totally and And the fear too right like you're an actor sometimes like when I met you, you were like, refu- I still don't know how old you are for real, but like <laughs> I'm sometimes cast as a teen and other times I'm cast as a mom, like, like just from a purely like physical standpoint of like how you can dress and stuff, you are a chameleon, right? That's so funny. You do too now know how old I am. I know like within, like, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere between like this one and this one. You yeah, know? it is. Probably right. 
but like if one day you were like actually i've been knocking off four years okay (laughs) joke's over no more talking (laughs) cut me off nobody at any point says to women you can be a lot of things and that's fine constantly no 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 why 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 are you sure are you sure are you sure shut up Mm -hmm. shut up ugly 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 too fat too fat too fat you know what i mean like the whole thing yeah and it's just like you know what there's this amazing meme that it that's like me not get me realizing that nobody's going to believe me no matter what i do because i'm a woman so i stop giving a fuck and it's just this like skeleton on fire just like screaming yeah. off of her lungs you know and that doesn't take away your mm-hmm. real story or your real trauma it just doesn't no. much- People need you, bro. Really People need do. you, bro. But I think the like the moral of what you're saying, as far as like fear goes, to to uh, stop having fear from making stuff, being creative, moving forward, even I guess is probably just a blanket for yeah. any type of human. I personally think if you kick the fear out once, like if you do it once. Then it opens this gigantic door to all the stuff ever possible. Yeah, I love that. And I think there are so many people, because I'm from small town Wisconsin. You're from upstate New York. And, you know, the ratio of people that leave versus the people that stay is small. Not that they're living bad lives because they're not. It's the lives that they want. But if you don't do that one thing, that crazy thing that you're like, oh, I really want to do that. The door doesn't open to all 50 of them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I totally. You sound like Oprah. Did you intern for Oprah at one point? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna stop there because that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me in life and on recording. <laughs> Bless it be the day that I was recording because I'm gonna play that back and be like, "Oh, you don't want to take my advice because listen to what you said." <laughs> Oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today. You guys can go on all music platforms, Party Nails, listen to it. She's got four, three albums, one full album and like three EPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have like um, a lot of music in the world. Yes. (laughs) And most her uh, tour tickets are, were on sale as of June 25th because this will be aired after that. So Go to party partynails.com for those. Go to her Instagram, follow her, go to her Twitter. She's funny. And do all the things. And if you become a nailer, join that Discord. Yeah, and we'll decide on nailers versus nailers for sure. Um, and I just like, you better not have me present because I'll just overpower the whole thing. I'll be like, yeah. it is nailers. I already like did it. Well, we appreciate your your vote for sure. But yeah, it's one vote. Oh. <laughs> That's interesting. That's not how I see things. I could give you two for sure. Thank Just you. Thank you for having me. You're so smart and so wonderful. And yeah, I'm really glad that you eventually allowed me to be your friend. So thank you. Here we go. Hold on to it for the rest of your life. <laughs> but for real, guys, please, please go check her out. She is amazing. And she'll be back. Don't think you've heard the last of this voice. Um, and thank you so much for listening please go to apple Podcasts, give it a rating write a review let us know what you think we really would appreciate it follow us on instagram at socially disconstructed socially deconstructed pod 
and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.